Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brands. It's Wednesday evening, Danny. It's a day early, but never a dollar late. Good to see you, brother. Back on the patio, Johnny. How you doing, man? It's a patio podcast. And we had to be back on the patio here at EPR because it's one of those Charlotte March days that, you know, if you're in a place like Toronto, probably freezing your ass off. <laughs> Spring has sprung, for sure. It feels great out here. We're kind of just enjoying some nice brews. You got a you got a free Guinness out of this. Explain the free Guinness deal. How'd that happen? Good way to start an episode. It, uh, it's just a, it's a test. It's a quality check, right? You got to make a, yeah. You got to make sure that the tap is functioning properly. You got to make sure that uh, the the keg system is is operating in a way. Got to make sure mm-hmm. that when you get this crisp, clean Guinness. Because remember, you don't pour a Guinness like any other. No, it's an art. Beer. It's its own thing. It, it's it's a special brew that requires a deft touch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wish Enzo Copetti could uh, figure out a few things about a deft touch. By the way, as we uh, get you, to the to the meat of the episode, are, are I'm ready? drinking an Old Met Copper. By the but, way, and I'm finally finally uh, had a sleepy afternoon, but I, I'm starting to wake up here as we get going here in the sunshine. Are you um, suggesting that? We are going to go back and forth about Enzo Capetti to start this podcast yet again. No, 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 no. I think we said most of the things. I did regret. We said we had a big, long Enzo discussion last episode, and I said most of the things I wanted to say, but I forgot to bring up at the time. So maybe I did subconsciously just jam it in here at the beginning. Uh, he has a horrible first touch at times. He really like he received his receiving of passes. He needs to go back and watch Mighty Ducks that episode where uh, Coach Gordon Bombay is having the kids pass to each other with the eggs. You know. He's like, you don't catch the puck, you receive it. That, you know, that, the, the, the subtle nuance difference there between catching and receiving, I think Enzo needs to figure that out. I think his hold-up play is solid. It's quality. No, his hold-up play is good, but he gets a lot of passes that he, he's very poor with. He touches them, and they, and they go yards away from him. And they get, just, just watch. Just watch with that in mind, and you'll be blown away. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. But that is not our lead story today. Oh, the fact that... Um... It's an international break, and we're going to talk about the USMNT. Is that the lead story? What is the lead story? No, that's one of the stories. That's one of the stories. The, the, the legend? The lead story is someone who should be in the USMNT, for sure. But unfortunately, he has not uh, been lucky enough to get a look yet. And uh, Breaking also, news. Also, unfortunately, he won't be playing for Charlotte FC this weekend The either. bro. Brawny bro. The bro's out. He's, he's out of the match against Toronto. And there's a couple different ways to think about this. Uh, the the fact that MLS has looked at the tape and have had, <laughs> went to the tape they they deemed Bronny Bros I think it was twenty second or twenty third minute yeah tackle in I, Saturday night's match I think it was on, on Cameron Harper I, think, I believe if I'm not mistaken the Red Bulls they've deemed that serious foul play and have suspended him for for Saturday's match I I have. I've got uh, my take on the situation, but I'm interested to hear yours first. It's kind of a loaded term, serious foul play, because I think the reason he didn't get a red card in the game was that even though there's you can freeze frame it and make it look like a stomp, he he basically connected studs to shin on on Cameron Harper for the Red Bulls if I got the if I got the right player, and it looked really bad on a freeze frame because it looks like oh he's like jamming his leg into the other guy's uh, uh, tibia, but it actually like. If you watch it at full speed, you can see that it's it's more of a follow. It's not a stomp down. It's a follow through up, and so it, I think that's why he didn't get the red. Eventually, I guess the I guess that's that's actually one back in our favor. Right? As much as we complain about the refs and how they always try to screw Charlotte FC, this is actually my thought on the whole situation is 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 kind of a Bronny probably needs a game off anyway, so the suspension doesn't really trouble me that much. And B like just thank goodness that the ref decided not to give him red and we didn't have to play 70 minutes. 
with uh, 10 men at home against Red Bulls because that, that we might have fallen behind uh, an insurmountable deficit at that point. So I'm glad I'm glad he got to finish the game, and I don't mind them missing out a game now. It's a measured take, and I appreciate it because <clears throat> it makes a lot of sense. But on my end, the one thing that I that I that I don't love is the fact that MLS can just kind of look at this tape and make this decision sure. on a Wednesday leading into sure. a Saturday's match. I, I think that like they should leave Saturday's match where it was. Yeah, like, sure. It's, right. It's yeah, over. Yeah, fair. There was a referee there. He made a decision. And I think this happened in our favor last year, right? Klamala fouled Kalina. I think Patrick Klamala, the forward, fouled Christian Kalina, didn't get in trouble for it in the game, but then was suspended a game later. I don't I don't know. Maybe it's just this matchup. Just I just don't think that it's yeah. it's worth revisiting. I think it's Let a, the past it's be a, the past. It's a contact <laughs> yeah. sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly. my takeaway is that the legend of Bronny Burrow just grows. Right. His, his, our, our boy's gr- growing up. His first suspension, you know? It's yeah. his first suspension in black and blue. And, it, and it's tell. for one of those plays that he's going hard after the ball in the middle of the field. That, that's what he does well, and that's why he's been an undroppable. And now he's dropped. And, and I think there's a bigger conversation around Brant Bronico, which is sure. um, a, a crowd at midfield and where his place is in that and obviously the left-back conversation we've been having with him. One thing's clear, though, and you can't argue with this, and it's that Christian Latanzio prefers Brant Bronico in his lineup. Right. He's always been there. He's 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 rejiggered things to like get Bronico in the lineup, tried to get him to play left-back for a little while, which... Finally, I think that experiment is finally over. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, definitively. It's, it's over, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. It's over. That hypothesis has been tested and, and proven false. But it, it's but, but it would it would have been very difficult for Latanzio to make the decision to sit Brant Bronico. Sure. And even though the whispers are starting to circle, like is Brant undroppable? Like you, we'll get to in the Tifo's questions later this episode. Like, right. Is does Brant? really have it going this season does he have it getting going together I, if you look at his just look at his sofa score ratings from match to match ever this year i think our, our boy michael volak was talking to me earlier this week he's like man when you just look at the sum total of like brant's ratings just it looks really really bad he's like under six in a couple of games and uh, it just you know, cumulatively it's not been a, a super hot start to the season yeah for for the bro or the mulleted bro and i i'm like Sure, he could probably use a game to just sit and watch from a nice luxury suite there at Bank of America Stadium, look down on the field, maybe maybe pick up a few things and just sort of get some uh, outsider perspective on what's going on. Because he's been undroppable. He's a, he's a grinder. He doesn't stop grinding. And sometimes you just need, like, sometimes, like, I'm trying to think of the best analogy, but, you know, it's like you... You, sometimes there's things that you need but you won't buy for yourself and you need someone else to buy it for you. You know what I'm saying? And like this is like the league coming in saying like, hey, Brent, you need a day off, man. Like you, I know you're never <laughs> going to take a day off, but you would really benefit from a day off. And so we're going to make sure you take one this weekend. Well, I appreciate you making me uh, change my mindset on that a little bit and, and making that uh, kind of funny because it's, it feels true. But because I was ready to bag on MLS and just be like, get the fuck out of our business, you know? It's like I'm with you in principle. I told, I'm with you. Yeah, well, you, you made me think about it in a different yeah. way that made me laugh. So you know what? I'm gonna choose that route. I love it. Cheers We're already success stories <laughs> out here on the patio at Elizabeth Parlor Room for sure. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about this evening. Uh, that's the breaking news of the day. Uh, we're gonna answer Tifo's questions. Danny mentioned that we've got a special guest on the pod today as well. Matt, season. Matt Geslin is here to talk about the international break. Busy international break for um, clubs all over the, the globe and 
uh, especially here at home, the United States men's national team, some some interesting results. We're going to talk about those uh, in just a bit. But but first, I want to talk about uh, Kyle Swiderski and ask you: Is he going to be back for Saturday? Uh, he should be back, right? I mean, they the Polish national team played on Monday, right? So, do you think he's got time to get back and and be ready to go? I, he played a total of I think like a hundred and. 20 minutes, I believe, uh, for the Polish team. Uh, second half sub in one game and started the other. Um, scored a goal, scored their one of their only goals. Scored a, scored a, the only goal in a one 0 win over Albania. Got to watch out for those those Albanians, man. They're they're a tricky matchup in the uh, Euro qualifiers. Let me tell you that, that that's where qualifying campaigns go to die. But of course, this one was I think in Poland, if I'm not mistaken. So. Uh, he should be back. I'd be surprised if he wasn't back. I'm a little nervous. I, I'd be lying if I said 100%. I could not say 100%. Uh, what, what, if, I'm not good at gauging these percents. To me, it's all like, it's everything's 50-50. It might happen or it might not. You know, that, That's kind of how I live my life. Wasn't there an issue last year with some sort of um, entrance into Canada? There was an issue. Yeah. There was an issue... I, I, I don't have it at hand exactly the guys that couldn't go, but I remember there were some surprise scratches. Carol was on the list. Let me yeah. tell you that much. <laughs> There's some surprise scratches every time we go to Canada, and so who knows what could happen. Yeah, That's and a really I, good point. And, yeah. and, I, and I just wanted to make sure that we had that uh, in mind. Yeah. The club has not been huge about uh, announcing timely in advance guys who don't travel. It's, you usually find out like a few hours before kickoff. Yeah. So that, that's something to consider when, we, when you're thinking about the, the, the starting lineup. And just want to make one point about Swiderski. If he does come back um, and play on Saturday, I just want to just make sure that people understand what's happening. It's really important to know where he plays on the pitch because I think there's a um, conversation to be had around the fact that um, on his national team he's play, being played in one position. And on his club team, he's being played in another. Yeah, 100% true. And you got to ask yourself um, if he's performing for Poland next to Lewandowski as a second striker, mm-hmm. wouldn't he be perfect for that position next to Capetti? Yeah. And if, yes. and if, and if Charlotte FC has right. a manager that is it's unwilling like, to do that, right. then you have to ask yourself, is that manager fit for the job? Right. You really – the one thing – as when we start to see – learn like the the character of, of Christian Latanzio and the more time we spend with him like you know we've been we've been together for about a year now us and Christian and uh, and uh, one of the things we've learned as we you know at first it was all great you know we, we won our first game with him in charge there was a honeymoon period but you know then we moved in together and uh, you know the, the the toothbrush on the sink and all that the, the little idiosyncrasies that we're learning about our, our partner here is that Latanzio he defines who he thinks you are, and he does not change that. And, and so, he th- uh, Andre Shinyashiki scores goal after goal after goal from the wing, and what happens? Latanzio comes in and says, "Well, no, I think of him more as a central player." So he like only gets in in central roles now. Latanzio has decided for whatever reason that Carroll's a winger now, and so he's like, "I'm going to play my left-footed DP out on the wing and never pass him the ball." And that's just because I think that's where he's best suited. And yes, he did get the assist from that spot, but. I just don't like the way that like Laddie Daddy like he he's very he's he's flexible in his formations a little bit more so than he is flexible in the way he sort of like defines players mentally in his head if that makes sense. He did try the brawny bro left back experiment. 
but that was more desperation. The, the chemistry lab yeah. blew up. Bro. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> That's why you exactly. have the safety goggles on, right? And the white coats because that, you don't you don't know what type of chemistry is gonna that was like to cause an issue. And that mixing, was a big uh, fucking problem. Liquid nitrogen with dynamite or something <laughs> like you know, and see what happens. That was that against Atlanta for sure. Oh man! So I mean, remember, well, the, that was my uh, a bit that I really enjoyed. I wish we could keep that one going. The, yeah, well, the, try, he'll the give scientists. us reason to. I have, I have no doubt. He's yeah, got exactly. You know, I, I think like, the Canadian laws are a little different, where he might be able to get his hands on some different kind of products. Yeah, exactly. And be able get to the ex- duh, 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 for sure. <laughs> experiment even. Uh, a little bit more north of the border. Well, we're always talking about: Do we call uh, the stadium? Do we call it the keep? Do we call it the fortress? Do people, for some strange reason, still call it the bank? But as long as we uh, don't have to start calling it Dexter's Laboratory, I think we'll be in pretty uh, <laughs> decent shape. It's it's a big uh, couple weeks for Christian Latanzi on this squad, going on the road for two straight games. Yeah. So it's it's four points in the last two matches, and not short trips. Toronto and Salt Lake City playing at altitude in two weeks. It's he's probably got to think about like setting up for that whole sequence of events. I mean, you play game to game. Obviously, you can only play the next game in front of you. But like, part of your job as manager is to like set set things up and like know that like a trip to Utah is coming up in seven days as well after we get back from Canada. Let me put it into perspective. This will probably be the longest road trip of Ashley Westwood's career. <laughs> so true. So right? true. Like he's, exactly. He's never, exactly. never had to, to to play back-to-back matches. Right. You, you can go uh, from... Travel uh, this kind from, of distance. You can go from Cornwall to Kent. You know, you, you can go from Newcastle to the Dover Cliffs, man. It, it doesn't get that far as it goes from Charlotte to Salt Lake City. I drove from Charlotte to Salt Lake City last summer, so... Uh, uh, I, I'm well aware of how long it takes. Um, on the podcast today, there's a lot of road trip experience, uh, and uh, that's it, what's, it, something that's important when you're on the road is uh, a good soundtrack. You know, something that that you can listen to. And I think the the, the music tonight. I'm, I'm enjoying the the country western. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting uh, sort of vibe. That's country songwriter. Yeah, we heard some uh, Willie Nelson here in the uh, the patio. I, I just heard him. Second ago, I think we heard some uh, Zach Brown. So from Willie Brelson to Zach, Zach Brown, Brown is kind of kind of interesting mix for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, and Zach Zach Brown as well. Um, I mentioned Ashley Westwood. Does he play on Saturday? Had the knock. We'll hear from Christian Latanzio later this week. We usually record on Thursday nights after the press conference. Haven't heard from him yet this week. You'll hear from him on Thursday and know that situation as well as Bill Tuiloma. At center back, yep. don't know what their status is for Saturday. Two pretty important players on the road. If I was to guess, I would say Westwood no to Iloma yes. That's my guess. And the goalkeeper competition. The goal the goalkeeper competition is here. We, you, there's a there's a conversation around Sisniega. Yeah, like which com- which competition are you talking about? And is Christian Kalina back in action right. soon? When when, right. when is? There's Pablo versus George. There's Pablo versus. Uh, talking to anyone <laughs> in the middle of the match. There's uh, Kalina versus his back. There's Kalina versus the, the newbies. I think you summed up really good last week when you said it's it's a matter of riding the hot goalkeeper. Yes. And at this point, if Christian Kalina is available against Toronto, I would still would want George Marks to start because Marks is playing really well. Marks is coming off a spot where he, he really has not missed a step. He's made some big saves and the only go- like the goal that uh, Red Bulls got that Orlando got against us, he got a huge save, 
right before, and just the go, and then unfortunately just the rebound happened to be pounced upon. The goal against Red Bulls was a one v one, where Burn did him no favors. So I was never really mad at Pablo, but I'm really not mad at George. So right now, George, I, I, I'm I'm Team George. I'm I'm, I'm riding with Marks, baby, and uh, Kalina. Take your time. You know, I'm not I'm not in a hurry to see Kalina come back. You mentioned whether Christian Kalina, if he was available, you would start him. I agree no, with you. I'd start Marks. No, no, you asked the question, yeah, yeah. would you start him? I, and I agree with you. And the, the reason why I agree with you is just because it's on the road. If this match yes. was at home, if this match was at home, and I, I would say put Kalina in net, give him a chance in front of the, the home crowd. And if it went poorly, right, then I think the competition really heats up. But I think Kalina is going to get his chance this year when he's healthy. Trust me on that. I he, believe He's going to get his chance. But let's not forget how shaky he was in the entire second half of last season. He's still the only one of the three that's given up a goal from midfield. Yeah, but he opponent. was also, last year on the podcast at the midway, midway point of the year. He was the MVP. He, I called him the yeah, MVP. Right, and he fell off big time. He did so, fall yeah. off. So maybe, Which Kalina are we getting back is a big question. Yes. Yeah, so the, the goalkeeping competition is is a conversation as well. You ride the hot hand. I think I think Johnny Hayes is full of wisdom, folks, and he, <laughs> he nailed it when he said, go with the hot hand because that's <laughs> – until, until proven otherwise, why wouldn't you? Okay, I, the last thing I need to know before we head to a break, uh, this, this first segment has been great, by the way. I've, I've, en- I've enjoyed it. Cheers to that. Um, I need to know about Toronto. Oh. I need to know. I need to get a Danny Brand TFC. scouting report. I need to make sure that, that um, the TIFOs know what we're going up against. Because I think there's been a couple times this season where we've kind of where we've nailed the scouting report. And I want to hear what you think about Toronto. Uh, Toronto, kind of a, a enigma, a little bit of a one-man team currently because they're, they're really a two-man team, but one of those two is, is hurt. They got these two high-profile Italians, guys who, they, they made a big splash last year when they brought in two, uh, pl- they didn't bring in like old, like aging Serie A guys, they brought in like guys in their prime who were, who were really playing well and producing in, in the Italian league. Yeah, we're talking about Federico Bernardeschi and Lorenzo Insigne. Insigne probably a little bit even more productive, but Bernadeschi gets it done. Insigne's hurt. We're not expecting to have to face him, which is nice. He wrecked us last year. We were 0-2 to Toronto last year, and Insigne was a big part of making us look bad. We remember we had to play them his first game, and I was all caught. Remember how cocky I was? I was like, oh, yeah, they got these two new guys from Italy. There's no way yeah, they'll they be able to. They won't be able to incorporate into the squad this quick. And they, they basically like walked off the plane and onto the pitch and just like immediately started goal, scoring goals <laughs> versus Charlotte FC. But you know they still have Michael Bradley. I was, I'm not going to tempt fate by uh, mocking Michael Bradley yet again because that didn't work out for me so well last year either. Uh, they got Jonathan Osorio, who I believe he was on the Canadian World Cup team, and he's a he's a quality player who really produces well in MLS. Uh, what they don't have, they got a lot of firepower on the wings. Toronto's going to try to beat us through the wings because they really lack a, a striker. That, that could be to our advantage. That's why I think we have the chance to get the first clean sheet of the year is because Toronto just really lacks that finishing product. And with no Insigne, it becomes all about Bernadeschi, like having to create everything on his own with maybe linking up with uh, Osorio through the middle a little bit or, or Bradley maybe p- uh, pings a pass you know, from, from deep that, that finds a runner. Uh, into space that that we could be vulnerable to again it's really all about the wings and that's why I want to see Jalen Lindsay out there and I want to see Harrison Affle out there again run it back yeah just pretty much run it back as far as the back line if two Loma's available put him in uh, for burn it 
I'll tell you what, if Tuoloma's not available, I I'm trying I think we could maybe see Burn in that spot again just because again it, it we talked about it in the last episode. Why was Burn playing? It's because of his brains. It's because he's smart and communicates and yells at guys and tells them where to go, where I don't think you can trust. Sobachinsky, uh, Sobokop, Jan Sobachinsky is a great player. He's got a bright future, but he's not necessarily the guy you have barking orders to everybody else in the back line with with an offense that's all focused on where's this guy, where's this guy. We need to know where Bernadeski is at all times. Make sure we don't lose him. So you could potentially see Burn out there again if Tui's not available. Big Bill, we love him. Uh, please come back, Bill, because I, I don't know if I can stand to see Burn out there. Although he wasn't that bad. Please come back, Karuha. Please, yes, thank you, thank you. That's <laughs> I love that you cut to the real chase there, for sure. Uh, if you look at Toronto's results, they're the draw kings. They're one win, one loss, three draws. They've pulled off uh, a draw at Atlanta United, where it was kind of, they got a little lucky. VAR ruled out a second Atlanta goal, I think, there, if I remember right. They drew Columbus Crew 1-1. Uh, Columbus Crew put up six goals last week versus Atlanta. So uh, Toronto is doing a decent job of limiting the other team's scoring. They actually they were they lost the, the game they lost. They were up two one in, in stoppage time and gave up like goal goal like two fluky stoppage time goals. If you remember that crazy DC Toronto game from week one, so Toronto very well could be unbeaten. And they're doing a really good job of limiting the other team's scoring. They're coming off back to back clean sheets. San Jose Earthquakes and Inter-Miami failed to score against them. They held Crew to one. They held Atlanta to one. They held DC to one through stoppage time until two fluky goals. So, like, goals could be a little tough to come by, and that's why I really think we do need Karol Swiderski. Um, Toronto's beatable. This could be a nil-nil. I'm going to hope that it's a one-nil for us. I think it's tough to think that we're going to score more than one, to be honest, the way, the way Toronto's results have been so far. And they, you know, their goalkeeper Sean Johnson, who came in from New York City, City last year. We we have, we're good on scoring on Sean Johnson, but uh, uh, Toronto's backline is maybe a little bit makeshift, not as makeshift as ours. I, I don't know. It, it's a tough matchup. I'm trying to be a little more humble in my in my scouting reports here. It's a. I'm going to call this a tough but winnable matchup, and I almost would have to say. I couldn't be mad if we pull off, go up there and pull off a road point and, and two draws in a row, unbeaten in three, I think would not be a, a bad place for Charlotte FC to be on Sunday morning. Obviously, I hope we can get a win, but Toronto's not easy. It's definitely not going to be easy. It'd be a nice, it'd be a real nice win if we can get it for sure. All you have we to do is celebrate. Look at last year's match and, yeah. and figure out what could yeah. potentially go wrong. Yeah, exactly. Saturday night north of the border yep. in Canada. Uh, so that's the Danny Bram scouting report. Uh, you heard it here first. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brands. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at For the Crown Baby, and make sure you come to Elizabeth Part of the Room on Saturday night. There's a watch party for the Toronto match. You're going to be here, Danny Brands. I'm not going to be here on you're Saturday night. You got a. You got. A, uh, we don't have to get into too many details, but you're celebrating a big family milestone. I just want to say congratulations to everyone in your family that's celebrating <laughs> and uh, beautiful things. And, and I, I couldn't blame you for uh, what you have to do to miss this weekend's match, but we will miss you. It's my father-in-law Russell's 70th birthday. Wow, big number. Let's That's celebrate. That's a big number. Let's have a let's have right. a party. Not everybody gets to 70. Not, yeah. not to be morbid <laughs> or anything, but you know, yeah, Cheers. we celebrate. Yeah, yeah, we, we we hope to get there, and that's the party. Um, that I'm going to this weekend. But the watch party will be here as well at EPR with you, Danny. And we've got a big announcement for um, Saturday, the what is it, the eighth. Saturday the 8th, yeah. Saturday the 8th here Against, at uh, EPR. Assault, yeah, that's our match at Salt Lake. So we got two road matches in a row. 
We're partying here at EPR for both of them. I got an invitation from one of the TIFOs. Uh, I, I can even, I can spoil it. Mike Volak and Jenny Swatling, they are hosting a, a, a barbecue at their house. So they're not going to be at the watch party on Saturday. And they're like, Grams, you know, I mean, if you want to come, we're smoking a pork butt. <laughs> uh, you know, if you want to take a week off from the watch party. So I said, no. <laughs> I said, I love you guys. Uh, I wish we could, you know, I'll show up on Sunday morning for leftovers first thing. But I got to host this watch party for sure. Uh, we've been having a good time. Let's keep the momentum flowing. A lot of good people have been showing up. Totally. Like I said, we're making friends new and old. We're like getting to celebrate with people that we met last year, meeting new people this year. It's like it's a really good thing building. And I've been telling, like, I went on uh, Reddit the other day on the Charlotte FC Reddit subreddit, and uh, someone was posting like, "Man, I went to some bar. They won't turn the game on. You know, yep. they're blaring music. I can't even tell what's going on with the game. They don't even have the Apple package." And I said, "I jump in on the replies. Come to EPR. Just like." Yes. Come to EPR is the, is the is the mantra because this is the best. Uh, whether whatever you think of John and I, <laughs> we've got a good party going on here in terms of screens, in terms of atmosphere and scene, and like being able to like have a match day atmosphere inside of a bar with good drink specials. And the announcement you wanted to make for the eighth, I didn't mean to cut you off, but for the RSO match, there's a, I believe there's free liquor involved. <laughs> I don't know if it's free. <laughs> <laughs> No, but there's going to be some Don Julio shots being uh, provided uh, for for the crew on Saturday. I think uh, the plan is if if Charlotte FC scores a goal against Real Salt Lake, uh, first goal, everyone at the bar gets a shot of Don Julio. That's what it is. I mean, that's what not to is. get ahead of ourselves. We still want you to come on the first, but we definitely want you to come on the eighth <laughs> for that, no doubt. Yeah, so that's the plan on the eighth. Uh, just one goal on the road. That's all we need for the Don Julio. That's all we need. Beautiful. Uh, so we're, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge. Uh, but first, we need to get on the other side. We need to answer Tifo's questions. We're near yeah. right. Matt Gesland. I need a new drink. For a segment as well. Nice work on that copper. Thank you. Nice work on that copper. And uh, maybe we can uh, take a look at what the independents are up to this weekend as well. Um, see what the independents are doing this weekend after a nice W They're on the road. Yeah. And, uh, it's still unbeaten. Still unbeaten, baby. Just like Charlotte FC is right. in the new Crown Jewel Unbeaten camp. Crown Jewel. Charlotte Soccer Show back after this. All right, we're back, Charlotte Soccer Show, and these, dude, Danny Brams. These TIFOs, these questions look good tonight. And I got to give the TIFOs love because they always come through. Always. Always. And I love answering these questions. I think they make for amazing content in a way that is uh, super unique because, you know, people, people don't like to talk to their audience sometimes. They, kind of, they want to talk at their audience. you got to know what the audience is curious about and talk about that kind of content. So, all right, this is a hard-hitting question from Benjamin Fawcett, Danny. Uh, I, know your love, I, I know your love for Bronny Bro is strong. Strong as it gets, like Oak. But is he one of our best three midfielders? Uh, I, he says, I feel like Jones is a better six and Westwood and Santos are better eights. It sounds like a lot of technical mumbo-jumbo. <laughs> a lot of numbers. Yeah, like, it's clearly it? a budget. There's a lot of numbers in it, to quote uh, one of the dumbest people that ever uh, ran the free world. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Bronny Bro, the love is strong, for sure. I mean, what, what can you say? Uh, he's been undroppable. And uh, I, I, we might as well just fold in this other question from D Lives, be, at Be More Lively, who says, why exactly is Bronny Crow undroppable? feels like a decision between him and Jones needs to be made as to who starts. This is something we've been hinting at. We've been, like, building up to this take, and it's like, 
I feel like probably one of us might have dropped this tape like a hammer on tonight's episode if it wasn't for our lead item, which was the suspension. Like, MLS kind of took the decision out of our hands because I agree that, like, a decision was needing to be made. Like, is Bronico still a starter? And this give, this kind of kicks the can down the road, to, to use a term that you used uh, uh, regarding Carol Swiderski's international appearance. <laughs> so let's just keep kicking these cans, I guess. That, that's all we can do. Um, why is Bronico undroppable, to answer that aspect of the question? And then does he make up uh, one of our three best midfielders to answer Benjamin's part of the question? Uh, the logic is strong. He isn't he isn't the, the standout in any of those positions. He's not better than Westwood at, at being an eight. He's not better than Derek Jones at being a six. But what he is better at than all those guys is working, never giving up, always being locked in and gritty, and just like willing. He wants to be, I think this is a quote, a, I'm stealing this quote from Brant's Instagram, I think, which says, I want to be uh, good at this more than you do. Like, his whole thing is like, I want to be great more than you do. Like, he's willing to work so hard, and that has paid off in spades. Like, it's been a, a delivered results. It's delivered things that this club needs in terms of setting an identity. That said, there are guys who do have more, like, skill and, and sort of, like, footballing talent in, in, in what they've been blessed with, and they don't work as hard as him. But I almost feel like Brand's sort of out over his skis a little bit. He's pressing. He's working too hard. We mentioned in the last segment his rate, his match ratings have been pretty poor. He's not having a good season so far after having a great season last year. So the, is he still undroppable? Maybe not. I'm willing to reevaluate his undroppable status even after this week, depending on how uh, things look and if Westwood's available and whatnot. I do agree that if it came down to the decision that to be made that uh, that D lives hints at of between him and Jones, who starts, I, I'd probably lean towards Jones just just barely. But it's tough. I. It's it hurts. I'm surprised you said that. I mean, of all people, it hurts. It's Derek Jones. I'm surprised I said no, that. We, I mean, we we all know Derek Jones has got it going on. Yeah, we love the guy. Exactly. I mean, his tackle. He's in midfield destroying all day long. He is, and his tackle right. in that match this past Saturday was one of the biggest soccer hits I've ever seen. He just freaking leveled that dude in midfield, and he didn't do it in a way that was, I think, egregious. I just think he's like it's it's your classic. I'm bigger than you, therefore when you run into me, my elbow's gonna be high, because I'm already taller than you to begin sure. with. And then my just uh, force is going to be stronger than your force scientifically. Yeah, right. And I'm going to crush you. Force equals mass times acceleration, <laughs> baby. Uh, you know, I think the talking about Dexter's laboratory, we get some formulas up in here. Exactly. But uh, yes. you know, I mean he's he's boss in the game. That's why we sing this song. But I disagree. You know? I but and yet I, all I that having been said, you would still keep Brian. Yeah, yeah, I disagree. And I think I would um, uh, but I wanted to make the point ultimately that you know whose job it is to deal with uh, four or five really good midfielders? Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the manager's job is to step put them up, all coach. In positions yeah. to, to have success. Yeah. And that's one of them was not left back. Yeah, that's, that's ultimately what that role is. So, you know, the left back project was definitely a mistake. Now it's a formational project. It's a, sure. it's a question about whether you want to use somebody late in the match for the last 30 compared to somebody early in the match. Mm-hmm. Where's Bronny Bros? Where's his attitude and his work ethic best suited for the club? Doesn't mean you have to start the like. Is there a certain score line where to me he it's, is the man? To me, it's at the six. I, I I think his best position is the six. Right, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is where where does he fit into the moment in the match? Like, is his attitude as a grind set player well, best to start right. on the road against Toronto? Yes. Is on a on a feature Saturday night gotcha. at the keep in a technical match where it's a show. 
might not be the best position sure. for him. And that's sure. Latanzio's job. That's what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. It's not about who can who is going right. to start every match from right. here on out. There's it's, a chemistry to it all. It's a more. Yeah. It's that's why that's why we give. That's why Latanzio is under so much heat. That's why all these managers get fired because mm-hmm. there's so many decisions that you. There's have to something make. to be said for heart and soul, and like Br- Brandt brings an intangible quality that no one else does. Yes, hundred yeah. percent, and and it's an asset to the club, and it needs to be used in the mm-hmm. right situations. It doesn't mean that he should become undroppable. It might mean that he's the first person off the pitch every single time to get another technically skilled player mm-hmm. in there to score a goal. After he sets there. the tone for an hour or so. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah exactly. So uh, that, that was a great question. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that, was a, that was a fantastic it's question. It's the question. It's, it's, the, it's the question. I think um, at, at this point in the show, I want to introduce uh, our special guest. Matt Geslin is here sitting down on the, the, the patio with us. He's got a, he's got a unique Charlotte FC kit. Cheers. Gentlemen. Cheers. Thank Cheers. you for having me. You, you've got a unique kit that a ton of people, you were at the match this past mm-hmm. Saturday night. I did hear you say you left early. I did. I did. Wouldn't yes. be the wouldn't be the first uh, person on this podcast <laughs> to leave a match early. There's no doubt about that. That's for sure. No, it was a tough uh, a tough match to watch. Uh, thank you for having me, guys. But, uh, yeah, um, we're in the uh, Kick Childhood Cancer uh, warm-up kit. Um, so for all those folks that were curious about this, this is an official warm-up. Uh, it's not a kit that the team will wear, but um, one that I felt was appropriate to own, and uh, I, uh, I really enjoy it. Uh, different color scheme, a little yellow, uh, white, and blue, uh, so different from the, the traditional the traditional kit. But uh, I'll get a photo. I'll get a yeah. photo and put on the, the, the Twitter feed. Yeah. Uh, the crown jewel kit and the kick childhood cancer kit. I'm, in, I'm into that. Those, you, two are, you, I just, you two look great tonight. I love the kit. I just wish you said fuck cancer on it. That's yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. But yeah, going back to the the question about uh, you know Bronny Bro and obviously uh, Danny Brams has, has donned the name frenemy of the show myself. Um, you know, I think obviously he's obviously a great player. He, he puts a lot into it. He obviously is the pride and soul of, of Charlotte FC. I think, though, as you look to progress uh, from last year's season into the future, you know you have to you have to naturally progress at every position, right? Um, last year being the inaugural season, you have to deal with what you have. But when you have the opportunity to to um, expand the club, expand expand the players, the different positions, uh, you know he's still he's still a viable, important player in in the club itself. But to John's point, you know I don't necessarily see him as long term. Uh, starter for this team, and I never said he wasn't a long-term yeah. starter. and I, I, I think, I think that's kind of where my head is at. Is that he's, he's Don't great you put that to be, on John to yeah. be on it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I think he he has a role. And you wouldn't say that, would. no, <laughs> but he has a role. He's not going to be, he's not going to be that long-term uh, six, as you put it, Daniel. All right, next question. It's it's yeah, good call. It's, and and this is one I like from JPP. Uh, will we have an all-star this year? No. I do not believe so. No, not from what I've seen. It so should far. be Copetti, but unfortunately, you got idiots like Klaus out there having the defense pass him the ball every other freaking play. So Klaus is just killing. Like, there's other strikers that are getting all these goals. Unfortunately, and Copetti deserves to be an all-star probably, but he won't get it. Copetti was the first name that was yeah. yeah, he should be, but yeah. he won't be. Only because his goals get you. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens over the next month. But this idiot, like I said. Klaus has some like hypnotized bullshit that gets defenders to pass him the ball, and uh, it's extremely frustrating to watch. Next question, Ash Hamrick. Um, Ash, welcome back, Ash. I haven't had a question in a minute from you. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's good to hear from you, Ash. And, Old school is going and, great. Um, he says, does Gaines have the technical ability to be a consistent starter? If not, who should start on the right? It's a two-parter. I'm not sure that I followed, but did you? I. I 
I put it together. A, a two-part question is always a little tricky. Yeah, it is. Uh, my answer is yes, he does. So I can't really answer the second part because because it was a if not. <laughs> and so my answer is yes, he does. And yeah. I would love to see Kerwin Vargas start on the right-hand side. I know you guys talked about it last episode. Um, I think, obviously, the, the way that Latanzio is playing the wings um, doesn't necessarily suit Vargas right now, but I think the way that this team is built, um, Vargas should be starting over Gaines. Gaines, obviously, making tremendous strides from last year. Uh, we've seen the speed. We've seen that, that ability to cross the ball and improve over the you know the last 18 months, but uh, and for me, he's yeah, in and, a great position. Absolutely, he's, but for he's me, not finishing. No, positions, agreed. But, but for me, it's a it's a different position for him, uh, or at least a, a sub uh, at this point. Big moment on the show, Danny. Vaughn Holman, VIP. Let's go. How's you doing, Vaughn? He told me he told me at the uh, Crown Legacy launch events that he was a secret uh, tremendous friend of the show. So <laughs> glad to have Here you in the question segment. Wow, I, I was just like scrolling through. I'm like, Vaughn's been killing it. Vaughn's 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 one of the people you need to follow if you uh, are a Charlotte FC fan on social media. He's always posting good info. It's a great question too. Yeah, made me think that that's the best type of questions on this podcast are ones that uh, make you use your brain muscle. Uh, looking ahead at April's schedule, how many points will the team need to earn? to make you feel good about our league standing 10 games in? Uh, so Vaughn, I know there's a little bit, Vaughn has done the research on this question, so I know he's probably looking, he's already got his own specific answer in mind because Vaughn well, was the feel guy, good about the standing is subjective, though. That's true, too. But yep. Vaughn, Vaughn was the guy who was tweeting last week, and we were going to get into this on the show, but we ran out of time last episode, just pointing out the fact that our first five opponents – have uh, very good one-loss records, and our next five have very poor one-loss records, so there's a chance really to gain points over the next month here. If I look at the schedule, we got at Toronto, at Salt Lake, hosting Colorado, which should be a layup win, hosting Columbus, which is going to be a, a Jekyll and Hyde match, and then at D.C. So there's 15 available in April to, to get to the specifics of one question. I'm going to say we need... I'm going to say we need 11 of the 15. To, no, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to say we need nine of the 15 to feel good. 11 to feel, uh, eleven plus to feel great. We have to beat Colorado home. That's not, not an option. They are the worst team, and for them to make the trek all the way out here east is, is not even an, an option. That's a must win. Toronto, I would be happy with a draw. Salt Lake should be a win because they're in really bad form. And then out of D.C. and United, we get two points. I'm with you, Danny Brams. I mean, the, the road record, obviously, for Charlotte FC the last year has not been great. So uh, nine would be nine would be a good place coming after uh, after April. Russell in North Carolina is a great question. What's the optimal use for Mello going forward? So I think it's exactly the role that he was in. You know, the, the whole, why don't you make the whole plane out of the black box? Why don't you make the entire game plan? Vinny Mello comes in and wreaks havoc for 30 minutes. I think... He's probably still playing his way into a full match fitness thing, so I don't think he's quite ready to be a starter. But right now, uh, I hate the term super sub, even though I do like the way that rolls off the tongue. But I just don't like – I think that relegates guys to a role and says, like, oh, you're not good enough to start. I'm not saying he's not good enough to start, but I just think right now he's his best spot is up. He needs to come off the bench every single game, winning or losing, because I think, like, he can, he can play – he can either chase the game or he can, like, help us hold the ball in possession yeah. to see how to win. That, shh, don't say anything. Shh. Don't say anything, Danny. Don't Sorry. Say. I've already said way too much. I've already said way too much about the greatness of Vinnie Mello. So. Uh, who's the expansion uh, club next season? 
Is there one? There's none uh, locked so. in next yeah, season. They're, yeah. they're talking about adding either uh, San Diego or Las Vegas. I think it's gonna. It's it's everything trending towards San Diego in a couple of years. But uh, we, we better protect Vinny in that, that draft when it happens for sure. It's it's Vinny Mello is somebody that will be very interesting to see where he he falls in the team sheet on Saturday on the road. It'd I be think great to see him have some minutes. And second half of the year he could be a starter for sure. Uh, just to project yeah. Russell's question out a little bit further. Next question we've got from uh, Jonathan Wilson. It's about uh, you know Nathan Byrne. He doesn't want to keep hating on him, but mm-hmm. you know Red Bull should have probably scored another goal on a different miscue. Mm-hmm. Like you said that we that Nathan Byrne might be in the the lineup. What about other center back options? I honestly well, care I would, about whether Nathan Byrne. I would there, have said I would have said Jones, but then Bronico got suspended, so now we we can't really. Put Jones back there. Uh, Sobokov, that's going to – we should do uh, Barbie's question next because he's asking about Sobokov. But uh, uh, I think Byrne will con- see, continue to see playing time out of necessity until Carujo's back. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, though. If Tuoloma's back, which I said earlier in the episode, I think Tuoloma will be back this week. He he trained the day before the game and just was – it was kind of like a he can't go type of thing. So I think – it's not a serious knock, and I would hope that after a few days rest, he'll be good to go, so we don't have to worry about it. But Burns should not see playing time over Lindsay whatsoever. I will firmly, firmly say that. No chance he should. Quick shout-out to Ike Gordon, who asked about Bronny Bro as well. Um, I think we answered your question already. Uh, Jorge Torres. We love you, though, Ike. Thank you for asking. Uh, what's up, man? What do you got there? I want you to try something for me. Oh, yeah. our, our, our buddy Matt the Bearded Bartender is bringing by a little uh, specialty drink. Perfect for a TIFO's question segment. It so we, we're getting ready to, to flip the menu here in a couple weeks, and uh, I want to do want to do something. You know, I always like to have at least one weird thing on the menu. So have you ever heard of ube? No, but I'm in. It's kind of like a cousin of taro, like okay. uh, the Hawaiian plant, but it's more like sweet potato-like. Ooh, interesting. Um, I've never had the syrup and I'm thinking about doing a mule um, but doing like a uh, instead of a regular mule doing this instead of simple syrup we'll still add lime juice but I'm also going to make a shrub and shrub is a drinking vinegar so it's just and a syrup it's not alcoholic this isn't alcoholic You're speaking my language. I'm trying to figure out one if I like it enough for the menu but two I cannot place the flavor mm. it tastes like something familiar familiar to me but I have some willing palates I think right here maybe try it. let's try it little syrup experimentation here oh, on the man, sh- that just comes the out that comes out like syrup mm-hmm. oh it's thick it's That's thick. Th- it's good it's I, definitely I'm, like lean I'm excited to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not uh, <laughs> some scissor <laughs> over here yeah, yeah it does look a little like scissor it looks like Robitussin in the, in the oh, bottle, for sure. Yeah. What do you think it is? Because I can smell what you're thinking. Oh, of. it's like a candy. I, yeah. It's like a chocolate yeah. candy. It's um. It's, it's got. It's current. not. Just it's a holiday candy. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful holiday candy with a fruity. Oh my god. Fruity. I, I, it's like I'm tipping my brain, yeah. but I I don't know what I, it tastes like. Yeah. It's a it's a great. It tastes good. It's a great great. Yeah, I would I would. You put a vodka with that, and I'm drinking it. All it's it's yeah. gonna be. <laughs> Vodka, this, and then the drinking shrub, which is going to be ginger, lime, uh, carrot with champagne vinegar Ooh, that okay. we're making the shrub. So it'll taste kind of like a ginger beer. I can't think of what like that is. Like an effervescent ginger beer with those flavors in it. Cool. The cherry cordial. 
Exactly. But, you know, now wouldn't be the worst time in the world to, to, head, guess to head back inside. Like, usually, I guess and uh, uh, maybe uh, get ourselves a cocktail yeah. and, and, and do one final segment on the international break and call it a show. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll be right back after this. Thanks, Matt. Final segment. We're back inside here at EPR Elizabeth Parlor Room. Make sure you, you come to the watch parties the next couple weeks. And We're going to have so much freaking fun. I, uh, we've been having so much fun, and the, the crew is live. The crew is lit. Plus Fo- Matt, the bartender. <laughs> Photos are being taken. We're, we're shit, you know, it's just like people are just having a good time. It's a very, it's, it's like a way to just watch the game and be social, but like be focused on the game. It's just, yeah. we just having a great time. It's, it's only going to get better as the year goes on. That's right. So there's, there's six points up for grabs the next two Saturday nights at EPR. Woo. Who's going to grab them? It's, it's going to be you, I think, Danny. If I think we ended up with ten <laughs> points, if, if, if we're talking about sitting on the t- ten points on the table two weeks from now, then we might. I was tr- little little uh, behind the curtain here for all y'all listeners. I was trying to get John to talk about you know our spot on the on the early season table uh, for a segment. He's like, no, I don't care about the table right now. It's, <laughs> it's 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 still March. We'll talk about the table in a while. Was, you know, he was right. He was right. Also, behind the curtain, I've switched to whiskey. Yes. <laughs> yes. There we go. Cheers to that, Danny. Well done. Cheers to that. A couple Guinnesses as well for Matt and I for this final segment. And we're going to take things abroad. And we're going to travel over to Ireland versus France. Sure are. We're going to travel uh, to, to – where did the United States play this – this they international in Granada, break, and then they played in Orlando. So a little Granada. Bit of Granada. So we're gonna we're gonna go to, yep. we're, we're gonna go to Granada. Yep. And Iceland what, versus Liechtenstein. Yeah. And we've already been to Albania. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's a Charlotte Soccer Show world tour, and we've got to start at home with the United States men's national team. Just want to get your guys' takeaway on the international break. Uh, Danny, interested in your thoughts in, in regards to. A player that you really like, um, Brendan Ironson, who well, who came in and changed the game. Ricardo Pepe with a goal in, in USA's win. Yeah, um, we didn't need Pepe in the World Cup, right? He's only, he only scores a goal every time yeah. we, we play him uh, now here since, since that tournament's over. Yeah, you're right, John. I mean, but to be honest, this is why we bring Geslin in. This is Geslin's our international specialist, and I'm on the record as being an international break hater. So I, I almost just want to turn it over to Matt here because. I, like I mentioned, well, I, I want to hear you on the USMNT specifically. Okay, Brendan Aronson. Three words. And play Brendan Aronson. He's okay. a difference maker. He's the he's the. We can get, this is like a whole side fight we can have, but I think he's the most important player in the pool for US Men's National uh, Team. I think he's the the straw that stirs the drink. Yeah. Uh, he makes things happen. We were scoreless versus El Salvador until they subbed in Aronson and Pepe. Moments later, we scored. Aronson uh, had a goal against Granada in the seven-one goal fest and all that, and it was a Golazzo. And he just, he just, I just think he works. He's kind of like, he's kind of like the Brand Bronico of the U.S. national team mixed with, you know, the skill of a Nuno Santos. I mean, the guy, <laughs> the guy just like he works harder than everybody yeah. else, and he's got just like this deft touch and this. This skill that's just beautiful. So he, he's a heck of a player, and I'm not trying to turn this into a debate desk. Right. I'm not. I'm trying. But to get, I know Gesslin's about to come here and shit all over Brendan Aronson and try to no, tell me no, the no, Gio no, I, I don't think yeah, he's going to do that. But what I do want to hear him talk about is Gio Reyna. Yeah, another, Gio another, Reyna. another. <laughs> fuck well, him. now we may have a debate. Uh, no, uh, this the March window is always a tricky window, um, regardless of international or you know European or, or, or Concacaf. Obviously. You know, U.S. men's national team not playing for much right now. Um, European at least has qualifying, so we certainly a little bit more at stake. But March window is always a tricky time. 
Um, as far as the U.S. men's national team is concerned, it was great to see some of the other players in the pool. You know, uh, Zendejas obviously just committed to the U.S. men's national team, got a start um, in that second game against El Salvador, which was great he to capped see. Capped his ass. Capped him. So, Let's uh, go. You know, players, <laughs> change your mind now, Zendejas. Players like Yunus Musa, you know, who got who got a start in the second game. Uh, obviously, Granada, uh, a very let's not let's not you know beat around the bush it's a it's a very um very minuscule and, and easy team the you know essentially I, as, a resort some, team, so. I, I appreciate geography very much yeah. but i have no clue where granada is i wouldn't be able and, to point and, it to it on a map and, 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 and I, don't, I don't mean that it's a tiny little island it is and, and i that, know that it's a caribbean it island my point is, is that i wouldn't know where absolutely. it is and it reflects kind of how they it's play south on the field of Cuba. Too, right you know exactly yeah. <laughs> And it reflects their their competition on the field. You know, yes. their, their goalkeeper. They're nobodies. They're nobodies playing in the second uh, second that league was in Antigua. No, they kind of are. But they did score on us. They did they score. Did, they did, <laughs> they score. did get a goal. Yeah. But uh, yeah, as far as the debate between Brandon Aronson and, and, and Gio Reyna, you know, of course, much was much was said about Gio Reyna with everything that happened at the World Cup. So this was a the first opportunity that we've seen him with the team since that op- since that. Debacle. I'm so glad Claudio um, Reyna got uh, exposed as a scumbag, by agreed. the way, because like I've never forgiven that guy for his blunder against Ghana in the 2006 World Cup, <laughs> and so I've been the Reyna, I've been a Claudio Reyna hater since day one. And I, every time I bring up how much he's overrated and people like give him too much credit, it's always like, no, he was the captain, uh, Cla- Captain America, <laughs> Claudio. You can't judge his career based on one mistake. F that. Well, Claudio we Reyna finally showed his true colors, and I'm glad I was right. We blame Chris Wondolowski on one mistake against Belgium, so I mean you can do that way. But it was good to see Giorena get back in. Um, you know, all the news coming out of the camp is that bridge under the water. Everything's good to go going forward. So, uh, of, course, pro- of course, the talent walked, is there. Gio probably walked into the locker room and said, "Hey guys, fuck my parents. I'm with y'all," and that's all they needed. To exactly. Happen. And of course, the talent is there, and and he'll be going back to Germany this week. is a is a huge game for Dortmund. Uh, but again, this window. Really, not much Maybe of an opportunity for the U.S. The national team. Uh, more so focused on, you know, European football, where there was qualifying for a big trophy at stake in 2024 in Germany. Uh, quite a few teams, some surprises, some not surprises. Uh, you know, Scotland uh, surprising Spain. I saw uh, that. A big, a big two nil, two nil draw. Scotty McTominay. So, so yeah, Scotty McTominay <laughs> with a match. Yeah. Um, you know, so there there are games that, that matter, but for the U.S. men's national team, it was just good to see the guys on the field uh, con- continue to build that camaraderie as we as we look towards 2026. But um, yeah, not much to, not much to talk about from the U.S. Where men's was national the, team. It was the Scottish win at home? It was. It was at Hampton in, in Edinburgh. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What yeah. a what a fun, what, what a night. match day that was. What a famous night. <laughs> famous oh, night. Famous oh night. Last goodness. time Spain, last time Scotland beat Spain was. Uh, three to one, uh, I believe it was a nineteen pre nineteen nineties or early nineteen nineties. So um, a long time coming. Spain, uh, one of those teams that has a lot to look up to and, and build from. Not very impressive. Germany, another team uh, losing to Belgium. France, as you mentioned, uh, going to Dublin, a tough game against another, another great match. Another day. great ga- game. Uh, uh, you, uh, what I would do to go to a. Uh, Ireland France game oh. in Dublin, oh. and it's at a Scotland Spain game in Fantastic. Edinburgh. I would wear my Thierry Henry <laughs> shirt. Yeah, I would 100 wear my Thierry Henry France shirt. A million percent. Those international match Not days, like that's to, to me, that's like the the draw. Yes, like, you had mentioned yeah. the idea of like 
the the USMNT game kind of like being meaningless. And as far as like the table again mm-hmm. is concerned, yep. like the Nations League is kind of like this faith right. tournament. Right. I almost equated it's to a tournament the to get into the ICC. Cup. I yeah. almost compared exactly. <laughs> like I, I really do. Yeah. But but, it, but it's also still those matches. If you create good ones, if they're good for the game, absolutely. So instead of USA Granada, what about USA against? Let's say Mexico mm-hmm. more often. Yeah. Right. right. Let's let's say USMNT right. versus Costa Rica more often, right. or USMNT Can we play versus Mexico South American every side. Every single international break, you know, standings, tables, be damned. Just mm-hmm. just a match that's compelling. It's, well, we will get the next break for sure. Excuse me. They're yeah. supposed to be friendlies. Yes. Right. That's my point. Right. Mm-hmm. And the friendly matches. Let's let's make it so you're playing people, and and it's so easy in Europe to do that. Absolutely. For the most part, yeah. because the geography is so different. Yeah. But still, we need to be playing Canada more often Agreed. as well. Agreed. Agreed. Let's, 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 when the friendly time comes around, let's test CONCACAF strength against CONCACAF strength. Agreed. And it will be interesting, uh, Danny Bram's mentioned playing Mexico. Of course, that is the first game in the next break um, in Scottsdale. Uh, so that'll be an interesting one to see kind of where both teams are. Uh, Mexico having a tough, tough break this week. Uh, 2-2 draw against Jamaica at home. Of course, Tata's first uh, stint as new manager. So, uh, it will be an interesting, you know, dynamic in Scottsdale, and of course, it'll be a bigger test than playing Granada. Or Is that going to be a Mexico home crowd? It feels that way. It yeah. does feel that way in Arizona. Uh, in Arizona, yeah. So you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, again, back to Europe. Uh, you know, Kylian, Kylian Mbappe first first match as captain. Of course, that whole oh, dynamic nice. going back with uh, Antoine Griezmann. Uh, again, you know. A little bit more at stake there with European qualifying for for uh, Euro 2024 in Germany. Um, you know, totally. Again, Belgium showing off why they were at least at one point the number one team in the world for a while. Though that's questionable as far as rankings are concerned. But a three-two win over Germany in Germany. Um, Who again, scored in that match for? Uh, so Lukaku got a brace, um, and oh. then uh, Kevin De Bruyne with the with okay. the other goal. Yeah. So uh, top players. That's playing. the strength of their squad. Yeah, of course, of course. And Germany those, just if, did if not those look two good. Are scoring goals then. Yeah. Belgium, like it, the whole narrative around like Belgium's golden generation yeah. and stuff, mm-hmm. I get it, but it's so overplayed. Absolutely, it's just like how many trophies? Yeah. I mean, you like know, what's, the, where does that just, next? Yeah, so. like it, well, it's Belgium. Like, yeah. what do you, what is your, what, what ceiling do you expect for that club? But when those two play well, the ceiling is high. Yeah, and of course we can't go with an international break without talking about Cristiano Ronaldo uh, breaking the record for most men's caps in international. Uh, play uh, also scored a didn't bunch of goals. With me. Didn't even register. Who were they playing? Uh, they didn't play very competitive matches. I will That's say uh, Liechtenstein and Luxembourg. Uh, <laughs> Ronaldo, course, Ronaldo's uh, always good for a goal against yes, Luxembourg. Absolutely, yeah. eleven games, eleven goals. Yeah. I think is the stat line. Right. So again, and I, pr- uh, I yeah. really enjoy uh, map making and, and studying maps, and I still would have a very difficult time. Yeah. Picking up both those countries, which again, I'm, I'm admitting that it's because I enjoy this thing. I'm gonna go look at look at Google Maps and figure yeah, out where absolutely. these places are. I love good. And I think uh, soccer to me is a huge um, advantage when it comes to geography. Right. Like if you right. want to learn geography right. and learn clubs, that it's like it's it's fun. I think I think there'll be how well, so, how soccer explains the world. Great book. Yeah. If, if, next one for your book club. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you interesting. Go. How soccer explains the world. Go Charlotte go Soccer Show it. book yeah. club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Uh, we'll put Level Up Luke in charge of that yeah. one for sure. <laughs> but yeah, going back to, to to bring it all forward. Of course, um, you know, uh, like I said, a tough window uh, for that March break international break and now we'll have some huge matchups in Europe as we come right back right out of the gate uh, Man City versus Liverpool on Saturday uh, Bayern Munich versus Dortmund which is first Go versus Reds. second one point behind each other Go Reds. Um, so again all day uh, we, we we kind of made it through the international break but now going back into into 
uh, domestic league play, which is um, you know some of the the best play in the world. Uh, not to discredit MLS, but uh, a little different level and, and exciting times uh, as we as we close out. Ten games left in most domestic leagues uh, at this point. You know who doesn't stop the party? MLS doesn't stop no, the party. Right. Thank God, God for it. No, I, I actually I try not to be I try not to get into like Twitter spats. I try like. I put. I, I, there's really nothing to be gained. The 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 most significant impact of me tweeting could be that I like lose my job somehow by some <laughs> bullshit that I put out there. So I try not to get. What's your password again? Too involved <laughs> in Twitter spats, but I let myself get dragged into a little bit of a Twitter back and forth this past week because Jonathan Tannenwald, the beat writer for Philadelphia Union, put wrote his annual article of how MLS shouldn't be playing during the international break, and I pushed back on it a little bit. It was like. I love the fact that MLS plays yep. during the international break because A, I'm going to a match this weekend. I want to have a good time. I, I enjoy being able yep. to party. And B, there's nothing wrong. Like, MLS should not necessarily, like, it's okay to have, like, some things be in line with, like, the traditions of the game. But I like the fact that we do our own thing on other levels, too. So I don't think, like, just because the rest of the world's off, we should be off. And the fact of the matter is the calendar is cramped. We have Leagues Cup. We have Gold Cup coming up in the summer. Like, there's going to be some stoppages of play in MLS for some uh, Western Hemisphere things that are happening. And I don't necessarily think we need to stop just because everybody in Europe decided to take a break and do qualifiers. So I'm really happy. Uh, that MLS played on, and I hope that it, that never changes. MLS always play through international breaks. Fuck them. Yeah, and I know we talked about it, and I think you know, as as it grows, you know, I think that's that's something that'll be interesting to see. You know, you guys mentioned <laughs> Toronto FC this weekend, of course. Uh, you know, a couple of Italian players. You know, Bernardeschi is not you know playing, but or is playing, but Insigne is not playing. And and how would that affect how would that affect a team like Toronto if those two players were called back to the Italian national team who did play. Uh, you know, England and, and, and lost that first game in, in Napoli. Um, so again, Danny Graham is totally here where you're coming from and, and obviously respect that opinion. Um, it will be interesting though as MLS continues to grow and, and brings in players of, of international standard, um, how that impacts Whatever. things going forward. So. Whatever. Have some depth. I'm fine if, if they if you want to argue that roster rules should be changed or relaxed so that MLS teams can have a little bit deeper benches or like have some free academy call-ups to fill out their rosters when guys go on international duty that's fine but don't you dare stop the play like no I don't disagree every, it's I the same disagree. for everybody like all these people were whining like Philadelphia was like oh we're missing like four key players blah 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 it's like did they just schedule the international break like last week you knew for months this was on the calendar. Like, why are you whining about it today? You had plenty of time to figure this out. It's, it's a good problem to have for MLS, for sure, going forward. And it's a good sign if this becomes more of an issue. Absolutely. Right? So, um, and selfishly, from a Charlotte FC point of view, and I know that you appreciate this, Danny, because this is how I think about MLS as a whole, right? And maybe I've said too much. Some people I regret saying things this to, but, like, I could give two fucks about MLS half the time. But I care about Charlotte FC, and I care sure. about I, I the organization. Yeah. The problem is the way that the the business model works in, in America. They're all kind of tied together. But even still, I don't feel compelled that I have to defend MLS. My on point, the stage, my point but. is, is that Charlotte FC get is it's an advantage for them mm-hmm. because we only lost Carol Swiderski, who, who was benched the previous Absolutely. game anyway. <laughs> so like yeah, 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 until yeah. it in, until it hurts yeah. us in a negative way. I do think we I get three points care. if we have Carol versus Red Bulls. But it's yeah. I'd rather play. Um, the Seattle Sounders or the LA. I'd rather play LA FC without their international. Without Vela, yeah. Pick up the three points Although, and get out of town. Did you hear about? Uh, <laughs> did you hear about Denny Buwanga, the LAFC forward who he plays for Gabon? I think he's a. So he went. He played. He played an international match 
uh, on the break, and then he took a 13-hour flight from Turkey back to oh, LA. Oh, and he came, and he he came, he in, came in the second half. And a game yes. goal. Yeah, so. It was an amazing day. So, yeah, what international break as far as that's concerned. That's, that's the soccer guy of the year right, right there. Yeah. That, unbelievable. Um, commitment to both club and country. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long Cue flight. It's not a short flight. It's not a short flight from Gabon back. Yeah. That's for sure. But. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams, Matt Gessel, special guest here with us tonight at EPR. That's Thanks for sitting in for the last segment. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it's great. Great to have you back on the show. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a big weekend here. We're, we're going to come back with an episode on Sunday evening. We'll, we'll be live on YouTube. Uh, live episode, man. It was fun. The live was fun. Yeah, live stream was Enjoyed fun. That. Yeah. Enjoyed yeah, that. Enjoyed yeah, that. I hope yeah, you guys yeah. do more of that for get, sure. Get the comments going and in, in, in live, and so maybe we can get the TFOs together on Saturday night. Um, after this match, after a, a three-point. And, and one thing that I uh, for, forgot to do on uh, last week's preview podcast was like get an official score prediction. And I want to make sure that we do that on, on the back end of every uh, preview podcast just see if see if anybody can get the score right. I'm, I'm going nil-nil. Oh, I'm predicting, you, you, I'm yeah, predicting you, the nil-nil. It's the second time you said on the podcast. You like kind of mentioned <laughs> nil-nil earlier, and now you're like, I'm fully committed. I'm going to go ahead and predict the nil-nil. I'm going to say... And I'm I, happy about it. I'd be happy with it. <laughs> I mentioned uh, Charlotte's road record lot earlier. Um, I, I think they turn it around. I'm going to go 1-0 Charlotte FC. Wow. There we go. That's a great prediction. That's why we invite That's you. 0-0 uh, is... I agree. It's fine with me, but not... At Salt Lake, we got to make sure we get a goal there so everybody can get tequila yeah, shots. We should, well, that's yeah, that's yeah, number yeah, one. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, we're not satisfied with Nilnila. That's uh, but but both of those things would be ideal. Clean sheet on the road, be a big step. It would be, be a, a huge, step. huge step. I do. If anybody scores, it should be us because Toronto's having an even a harder time scoring than we are. I saw that they were uh, one win, one loss, three draws. Yes. Yep. So a draw could could potentially feel likely, although the law of averages would say they're going to win or lose because they've already had three draws. Hey, if there's any law, that, I like to break a lot of laws, and the law of averages is one. <laughs> so there you go. It's, it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Rams, Matt Geisel, again. Follow us on Twitter at For the Ground Baby. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. You can check out our match. Get react. that notification. Get that notification when we go live because we we put it live. You got a short window. It's, we we uh, we don't announce it hours ahead of time. We just say, hey, we're live in five minutes. Join in if you can. How about this? Saturday nights are for Charlotte FC. Sunday nights are for Charlotte Soccer Show. And Charlotte is a soccer city. As always, Danny Rams. For the crown, baby.